so I've open cups. You can't you can't carry a lot of open cups. So basically, you're stuck to two, maybe three if you're talented and you just drink one and then you're got you got your two. But you're you sip them down and you spill half of it on your way back to the seat. Well, I saw these tall boys in the in a cooler behind her, you know, and I got excited because I'm already six beers in, you know, and I'm like, how many beers will you can you can you sell me? And the lady, this lady was so awesome. She goes, if you stop yelling, I will give you as many beers as you'd like. <laughs> in a world where you only have trailers and posters to judge a movie, Jim and Ted strike out to answer the age-old question, will you see it? Ted! Ted, is that you? <laughs> it's been so long. Is that you, for real? <laughs> Behind the mics again. All right, we are back. It is August 4th as re- uh-huh. we record this. Uh, Friday, August 4th. It's been a minute. So all this time away, I don't know about you, but I am extremely thirsty. Yes. A little dehydrated. We had a lot of travels, a lot of trips. We did a lot of bike riding. You were in like North African deserts. <laughs> <laughs> we're ATVing, yeah. Yeah, we need hydration. So, what are you drinking tonight? Okay. Well, I have uh, Highland Park Brewery uh, Indian Wowie Pale Ale. Indian Wowie. 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 That looks like a good one. <laughs> okay. Is it, so it's uh, just a standard IPA, or just a standard IPA? You know, we're 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 gonna ease back into it. How about you? What do you have? I have a double. A double church. <laughs> I can't even read. Um, it's C H U U U R C H exclamation. It's a dipper. Okay. Yeah, it's out of uh, Kernville, California, and uh, I don't know how many uh, ABV this sucker is. I'll figure it out when I'm pouring it. I'm clo- I'm clocking in at seven point three on my single IPA. Uh, so anyway, let me crack this sucker. All right. Oh, wow. That's hop forward, man. Oh, this smells so good. All right. Well, while that head's going down, I did a vigorous pour. What do you got there? I mean, tell me some flavor and tasting notes. Well, it is a hazy, beautiful. Oh, you got a hazy. Beautiful uh, citrus grapefruit feel. But but a standard standard refreshing for our, you know, heat wave that we're having across the country. It's a very refreshing IPA. Wait, there's a heat wave. <laughs> are you not? Are you not a fail? Oh no, we're wearing down jackets on the ride home today. It's 55 degrees outside. Uh, <laughs> you're very lucky in the valley where you are. The little cushion. <laughs> oh man, dude, it's. I'm not joking. Like we had gloves, down jackets. You know, we're coming home from the bar, from the pub. Yeah. Well, from the brewery, I guess. Yeah, it was. Pretty windy, pretty chilly, pretty foggy at 55 degrees the rest of the country. Like, what was Phoenix? It's like 32 days over 110 and like 28 days where it didn't yeah, drop yeah. below 90 or something crazy. I mean, that's ins- I don't even know what that's <laughs> like. We're, we're going to bed with like comforters and like buttoning up the house and stuff. It's like winter over here. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So lucky. But I did find it. I'm at 8.5 ABV. Ah, nice. You edge. You got me. You got me this week for sure. Yeah, I got you a little bit. Yeah, I'm edging you. Ted. I'm edging you. <laughs> that, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, part of the reason that I had picked this beer, though, was my, uh, you know, my new endeavor. I'm call- I, I, I changed it again. So it's co- now it's going to the company's going to be called Ted. Hold my beer. Oh, so you're looking to like market this thing. Yeah, I want to. I want to mass produce it and I want to sell them. So you have a 3D printer at home? So, yeah. So I got a 3D printer. Yeah. Sorry. We're kind of jumping the script a little bit. But, yeah, I got a 3D printer. I I started printing up the, the frames for this to hold a uh, tall boy. Okay. You know, right now it's a, it's a frame for 18, but it can it's kind of modular. Um, and I printed one, my, you know, and then I sent the, the design, sent the, the 3D pieces off to a, a fabricator. And the fabricator came back with uh, a pretty big number, <laughs> 350 bucks per. And I'm like, nope, can't. That doesn't work. The the economics of that doesn't work. So wow, 350 bucks for 18 beers or 18 cans? 
to hang 18 cans. And, you know, of course, with my with my 3D printer, I, I did it for, you know, probably 10 bucks worth of filament. And uh, it was just took a long time because it's a little consumer 3D printer. Um, but it's for it's for the prototype. So it's it's pretty yeah. good. I the new the new design has much less material can be done a lot quicker. And by quicker, I mean, it takes me about 24 hours to print all the pieces um, to make this new frame for 18. But it's basically it's based on pegboard now. So let me ask, though, I mean, how are you or who is or how does it work to come up with this design? I mean, are you doing this in like 3D modeling and then all of a sudden you're like, well, that should work. Let's hit go. And then you print it out. <laughs> Yeah, right? It's so crazy. Like, Bryce has been asking for a 3D printer for, like, years, right? <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, Bryce, I'll get us a 3D printer, but I'm doing it because I want to build this thing, right? <laughs> and it's and then I was like, all right, now I need software. And I t- tried this, like, you know, trial software, and I had, like, five different uh, little trial softwares, and the one that I liked the best was, like, Shaper. So it's Shaper without the E, Shaper, Shape R. And uh, ended up buying that for um, a year, I think. I got a subscription for that. And then okay. you basically just, it's like uh, Photoshop for 3D modeling, you know? So you just, you learn how to do it and you <laughs> kind of make things in this in this, in this this space. And then you hit, you hit print and then it prints it. And you're like, okay, that kind of works. It needs to this or that. And, you know, and, and then you print it again and you print it again. So I have, I have a lot of, plastic trash and bags over there so but yeah it's it's a it's a learning curve okay so do you like measure the can and say the can is like whatever the can is seven inches and then it's it's right you know one and a half across and i want to hold it exactly this way and and then you're just like plugging and chugging and then like crossing your fingers and hoping it works <laughs> there's a lot of so the one thing i did i bought was a nice pair of calipers i don't know is that a pair of calipers a nice a nice caliper i bought a caliper a kit you bought a caliper not an excalibur but a caliper <laughs> not excalibur yeah so i bought a caliper and i basically just sit with a can and i measure everything down to you know the quarter of a millimeter and just uh just try to try to measure it the and... hundredth of a millimeter <laughs> You know, sometimes you tweak it a little bit, but yeah, I'm down to the micron <laughs> and then, you know, and you, it is literally just like hit print, then check it back in two hours, three hours. And then when your piece comes out, you you plug it in and you see if it'll it'll hold. And it's super exciting when it holds. That's what she said. When your piece comes out, you plug it in. <laughs> And then when sorry for the cheap joke, but <laughs> and then when it doesn't hold, you just you throw it out and you start over and you tweak it where it needs to tweak. But but yeah, so I oh I, man, sounds like a lot of work, but it's cool. It is a lot of work, and my goal is September sixteenth. There's a LA Beer Fest, so I'm gonna be carrying these around the LA Beer Fest. Oh, talking to eight. 80 different breweries and oh that's cool and a whole bunch of beer fans hopefully the hopefully people will will sign up and you can anybody can check it out yeah so someone can say like i love drinking beers i want right. to display all of my trophies and you could do a whole wall of them and i yeah. think like brew pubs and stuff that you know where uh you might get some movement too and i could talk to sandy over at valley brewers and be like hey here's what ted made you know and like but you bring like cans in so i'll start saving cans right of what i drink and i could be like sandy what do you think right T- my buddy ted's selling these whatever do you want to carry them or you know and so on and she has a lot of cans okay i'll stop crushing these yeah stop crushing those and uh... <laughs> but she has all these kinds of things and she has tons of bottle logic so bottle logic cans right they're the best for this like the the art of bottle logic is is made for for can art so i'm willing yeah i'm willing to you definitely get one for free <laughs> uh but i'm willing to also give one to to people if they want to display their their beer in like the local beer shops so San- sandy's definitely down on my short list of connecting through you but but i'm really trying to lock down this fabrication for piece first 
Okay, and now can this hold full beers, or is it strictly empty cans? Strictly empty cans for the the way I'm, I I really want it to be kind of invisible behind the cans. Okay, so it's not sturdy enough to hold full full beers. You just want to make sure that whoever hangs this in their room, it makes the room smaller by about seven <laughs> inches. Six six sixty seven sixty seven millimeters is the uh, diameter of a can. <laughs> I love how he knows. Yeah, but times two though, times two because it's going to be on both si- on both walls. Oh right, right. Yeah, it's all around. You're right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> all around. Yeah, you're making your room smaller. <laughs> it gets a little bit. <laughs> it's like every time I paint my room, you know. It's like every time I paint, it's it's by it's a little bit smaller by how many mills, you know. Yeah, amazing. So no, that's cool, man. I didn't know yeah. you were trying to make a business. I thought you were just doing this like ah, I'm gonna hang my beer in the in the office. Well, that's the thing. I brought it to the office, and and uh, and a coworker of mine came in and was like, "I love Shark Tank, and this is perfect for Shark Tank." You think so? I gotta sell a hundred thousand units before I try to get on Shark Tank, you know. And by then, I I would only want it as a marketing thing. <laughs> Oh, so Shark Tank, you have to already have a viable business before you go on there? No, not always, but it's always the best the best uh, received things on Shark Tank. You have to pr- you have to have a proof of concept. A proof of concept and a bit of a track record, you know, like the uh, the that Sponge Daddy was one of the best ones yeah. and they they started selling, but he really wanted it's really about scaling by the time you get to them. You want they want a a, a business that's selling for the amount that they need and they basically need you know a sub million in injection to to really put it over the top and turn it into a multi-million dollar multi-million company all right man so really quick uh my beer is a standard west coast awesome. ipa so um a little bit malty uh non-sweet non-hazy none of that kind of stuff it falls right in line with kind of how i like beer okay uh the, my favorite beers are like double ipas like uh lagunitas maximus right Right, right. Lagunese is great. Yeah, another favorite of mine is New Belgium. Uh, the Voodoo Ranger. The Voodoo Ranger double IPA. Yeah. That's kind of where this one falls in, though, right? It's like the double IPA of the world. Not terribly high at eight and a half, but high enough to where like one or right. two is like all you need. And yeah, it has a bit of like uh, it's malty. It has a bit of like a smokier hop. I'm not sure what hop it is, but it has like more of a maybe not smokier, but like woodier. Like pine? Well, pine, yeah, but it's more of like if you're eating the bark of the pine tree, not the leaves of the pine tree, right? You know, <laughs> it's like that kind of like when I say woodier, uh, but very good, very good. I love it. I'm excited about it. I would actually, if, if they weren't so goddamn expensive, I'd get more of these, but <laughs> but that's why I need to hang it. <laughs> it's expensive, so, so don't waste that $10 on just drinking it once. You can look at the wall and see the beers that you've had for $10 each. <laughs> And have my memories. Or I could look at the wall and say, wow, (laughs) the money I squandered on damaging my liver. All right, man. So we ended back in May, I believe, after the first dead show of the last tour on May 19th. I believe that was our last episode. Uh, This is episode 226. Is that right? That's what I have on my books for sure. Okay, so we're we're in sync. Whether we're right or wrong, I don't care. (laughs) That's what we're rolling with. If anyone's keeping score, then you can correct us, but that's what we got. So 226, we ended on 225, May 19th. Well, I'm not saying May 19th was our show, but or our last episode, but that was the last thing we talked about was going to Dead & Company. Dead & Company, you brought up right. about a year prior when we got tickets. and Super excited. Yeah, and we wound up going to that show. We went to that, we got back, and you said, Jim, that show was so great. We should go to the last show (laughs) in San Francisco. And I said, Ted, right. We're going to be on our bike tour. So let's take it from there. What did you do since that? I know you were, you were overseas in Morocco and a few other a cruise yeah. or something. So take it from the top and go. The floor is yours. Okay. I'll do, I'll do the chronological. So Bryce graduated from middle school, middle school on May the 25th. 
Um, we had a little celebration lunch for him at his favorite place, uh, Wood Ranch <laughs> Steakhouse. So we did Wood, Wood Ranch that day. And then the very next day, the, uh, May 26th, we got on a plane. We, we told the kids we were going to D.C., a little scepterfuge for the children. And we, we got on a plane to, you know, Dulles, AIAD, which was Washington, D.C., but it was actually to connect to our flight to Barcelona and meet up with my in-laws. So we met up with the in-laws at the airport and the kids were like, what's going on? What's going on? Why are they in the airport? We were going to go out to meet them. And we we're like, surprise, we're going on a Disney cruise. Oh, so <laughs> so we got we got on the plane to Barcelona. We went to Barcelona and we did a seven day, six night. Uh, what is it called? Western Mediterranean cruise. So basically Nice, Cannes, Pompeii, uh, Pisa. Italy, um, Rome, wow. and then back to Barcelona. And that was all in the cruise. That was all in the cruise. That was the first six, seven days of our vacation. Okay. Um, amazing Disney cruise. Oh, that's awesome. How was the weather? The weather was, it was a little hot. Um, it rained in Pompeii, which is amazing. It was so okay. like, it was kind of an odd thing, but it was, it was nice, refreshing, you know, because it'd been so hot. And then, you know, the cruise ship is is phenomenal. And I had to force the because we were going on so many excursions, I had to force the kids to to utilize the, the facilities of the, of the cruise ship. And it had great shows and great comedians and juggling acts and, you know, and and a couple of uh, a couple of shows and a lot of, you know, bars throughout the ship. And so a lot of a lot of fun for the whole family. And uh, just an amazing time away. I think we had it was a little heavy on the excursion. So we already are looking at our next cruise and we want less uh, port days and more at sea days so we can take more advantage of the uh, of the things on the ship, um, the amenities on the ship. So um, she only had like one pampering day of massages and stuff. And they have like a rain, a rain room package that you can buy and do all that stuff. But we didn't do it. Because we were out on we we're out on these excursions every day. Well, if I could stop you for a second. Yeah, please. So have you been on a cruise before? Or was this your first cruise? We love cruising. So Ann and I are we, we, we're big cruisers. This is our first post uh, pandemic cruise. So that was a big, a big thing. And really the first was it the first it was the first cruise for the kids. So the kids had never been to Europe before. So we were like, this is just a taste because you can, you know, you can barely get the stuff. Oh, that's cool. It was amazing. Like our friend uh, is a priest in Rome. So uh, Father Jonathan took us around Rome and we, we ended up seeing like so much in in our eight hours. And we just walked from place to place. We got on the we got on the subway one time. Um, but we basically just walked and every time we turned a corner, there's like, oh, there's the Pantheon. And we turned the corner. Oh, there's Trevi Fountain. You know what I mean? It was just like, he knew, he knew all the back roads and, and basically if you just, if you map it out properly, you can, you can get a lot of places by foot in, in Rome. And, uh, it was, it was amazing. We did the Basilica. We did the Sistine ceiling. We knocked a lot out in Rome, but we, we only saw like a fifth of it, you know? Yeah, and you see the Roman aqueducts and see all that kind of stuff. and Yeah, drinking from the big nose, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Um, is this your first Disney cruise or did you do other? This was our first Disney cruise, yeah. I had always thought. How does it compare to other cruise lines? It's kind of amazing. Like, I, I really, you know, I think if you have kids. So our kids, my kids are 14 and 17. So they are in a good age for it. But they're aging out rapidly. You know what I mean? Like, really? So it, it's it's geared towards the younger crowd. I think so. I think your your kids would love it. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I think you just you get to run around and you get to do the things. And there, you know, there's even scavenger. There's like a little scavenger hunt from deck to deck, so you can you know you do stuff on your uh, you know scan stuff with your phone and and kind of takes you on on an adventure without throughout the ship detective mickey it leads you around and stuff so it's very interesting yeah but like uh, a retired couple say in their 60s they're not going to really enjoy a disney cruise unless they're like crazy disney fanatics unless they're disney fanatics or this i saw a lot of all ages like i mean a lot of multi-generational groups okay so like when you go to dining you can see that there's you know a lot of the grandparents the ki grandkids a lot of big families you know we were a family of 
seven, eight, eight of us. So seven, seven of us. So it was, you know, seven of us at every meal and, you know, three generations. So there's a lot of that. And, And then a lot of larger middle generations. So it's like, you know, when you have the large... You know, with just Anne and I and and our two kids, like if you had three kids and you're the grandparents and you they have you know two kids each, then that's you know it, the math really <laughs> it goes crazy. But there's a lot of big tables for dinner, a lot of, uh, and then we got the veranda rooms. So we had two rooms that connected, but we had three state rooms that our family was spread out amongst. Because we did that, we could actually take the veranda so divider walls down. And we use the 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 our little porch, a little veranda as the access to the other rooms. So we connected all three of the rooms by the outside veranda. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So it, that was great. So we did that, and then uh, my mother in law got on a plane back to Washington D.C. And then my our aunt and uncle uh, continued the trip, and we went and flew into Casablanca, and we did. 18 days, maybe 16 days in in uh, Morocco. Wow. And we did a huge Morocco loop. Oh, that's awesome. Chef Shawin is amazing. It's the blue pearl of of Morocco. I think Chef Shawin was my favorite city. Um, huge city in the in the hills of uh, northern Morocco. So did you follow any of uh, Humphrey Bogart? Well, yeah. So we so that was that was Casablanca. So we did the loop and <laughs> we started and ended it in Casablanca. Right, right, right. Casablanca was really, it's really like a modern town, modern city. So it's it kind of okay feels like any kind of city, <laughs> any big metropolitan city. So that oh, that okay. wasn't too interesting like that. There's some there's some sites at every city, um, but it was more like your New York, Paris kind of city. Sure. But these other places that we went, you know, um, Chef Shawin, and then we went to the desert. We went to Sahara, which just looks so epic. And then we went to a uh, the studio where they filmed. All kinds of movies, you know, every movie you could think of that had any kind of desert in it there, you know, it's usually in this desert, the Atlas Mountains, because there's so much at your, you know, fingertips, you can easily get to mountainous places, you know, desert places, um, all different varieties of, of, of scenery. And the part of the Sahara that we were in just was so huge and and it, you know i took pictures of audrey and bryce on a dune in the distance and it's on my computer as my my wallpaper because it's just straight up sand it's amazing it's sand for forever yeah and we did uh atvs there and i could just i could ride atvs in the sahara for hours and hours and hours i was so sad when they brought us in uh, but it was it was it was epic. Yeah. Um, and then we ended. So we ended in uh, Casablanca and there's a Rick's Cafe. Right. Yeah. Which uh, a rich, rich American <laughs> made Rick's Cafe because, you know, Casablanca was all shot here in Hollywood. Well, the last airport scene was out of, out of uh, Van Nuys Airport. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when it was supposed to have flown out of Casablanca, but it flew out of Van Nuys Airport. Right. <laughs> But the woman uh, woman uh, made a restaurant, Rick's Cafe, that is picture perfect. Oh, that's awesome. And we had our last meal there, and it was one of the best meals we had. Expensive or? not? not nothing was expensive there. It's kind of, you know, doing Egypt last year and doing uh, Morocco this year. I think I was kind of spoiled at how inexpensive these, these things are because of the exchange rate and because of how much they depend on tourism. We're looking at... We're looking at Europe next year, and I'm like, I'm not liking these prices. You know, it's quite, a, quite a, a jump up. So right, right. So we, uh, we are actually also looking at Nepal, which is would be similar in this place. But I, I love the idea of revisiting a place where I went as a child with with my kids, and they're kind of excited about Nepal too. So that's cool. Well, let me ask though, when are you planning on Nepal? We're looking at Nepal for next summer. Okay, so next summer, I can't give any reveals now but we'll definitely have a family member with more time off maybe we'll uh have to be a part of the willet family if you guys would have us Uh oh there you go you're the you're gonna come to the yak and yeti hotel 
uh, maybe, maybe. So when you look at Morocco, for example, yeah, like versus Egypt or any other North African or African country, like politically, government. I mean, how friendly? Like you said, they made movies there, and all the movies were filmed there. Like, how friendly are they to American, you know, tourism and all that kind of stuff? Both the countries, uh, you know, I think. You know, we'll just I talked about Egypt last year, but Morocco this year, uh, they're extremely friendly. They are it is a Muslim country, but they're incredibly accepting and, you know, gracious for there's a lot of um, Jewish refugees that had come down, Christian refugees that had come down from Europe from France, from, from Italy. Now, why would they have gone there for just, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a fleeing world war two and all that, you know? Oh, world war two refugees. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought you meant like from like a few years ago, you're talking like from 80 years ago. No. And, and 80 years ago. And then even beyond that, like, you know, like ancient refugees, like, wow. You know, people, people have been running, uh, you know, refugees for forever, you know, as long as there have been religions. I think there are people trying to push down religions, you know? Wow. Yeah. So they are incredibly accepting. Uh, they talk about the different areas. And of course, there's, you know, s- different settlements, different uh, parts of town that are, you know, dedicated to, you know, the Jewish community okay. and, you know, the Muslim community. And it's really it's kind of amazing how they they have five pillars five five items that they have to have you know you have to have the 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 town oven the town fountain the town mosque and i'm forgetting a couple of things but it's very traditional yeah once you have those things then you can kind of build a community and you can build a build a riyadh build a a, a living area around it and when people get married, they don't they don't necessarily move out, but they kind of expand the houses that they're in. And, you know, if the two families have a house, houses that are close, sometimes they would build connect them or something like a, a corridor between the two houses. And that would be the place where the new people, the the married couple would live, Wow, you know, in between the two houses. Culturally, that's insane for Americans. <laughs> right. Could you imagine? <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm out of here. Audrey's, yeah, Audrey's crazy. 17 and she's like, I'm out of here. I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So you were you cruised for a week uh-huh. and then you were 18 days in Morocco. Maybe two, maybe two weeks. Maybe it's like 14 days. OK, 14 days. So you were what about you were gone about 21, 22 days. A nice, healthy, healthy break. OK, so so 14 Morocco, seven in the med and cruise going around the Mediterranean. Mm hmm. And yeah, three weeks. Wow, that's a healthy uh, trip. I mean, it yeah, sounds like. I mean, how did it feel coming back? You know, like were you still in travel mode, or were you like, okay, I feel recovered. Let me go back to work. Yeah, no, I definitely felt. Rec- I felt like I had. You know, I felt like we had uh, seen a lot and and really uh, experienced Morocco to its fullest. Um, when we got back, you know, Audrey and Bryce were like. All my friends are like, I don't even know where Morocco is on a map. You know what I mean? Like, it's not it's not a very common knowledge. Yeah. But yeah. it is it is kind of amazing. Those are the best places to travel. I know, right? Yeah. Um, so when we got back, I was I kind of fought the 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 jet lag by just jumping straight back into work, which is always good. Best thing to do. Just go for it. Because if you take a nap and go to oh, sleep, it oh, takes you awful. longer to recover. <laughs> you just got to plow through, stay awake. And then, you know, that's how it is. We go over, you know, on the other side of the world. You come home and then you're just like, screw it. I'm tired. I feel like crap, but I'm just going to plow through. Tomorrow I'll feel better. Exactly. Exactly. And every day, every day you feel a little bit better. And you get back to that pile of work and you just kind of dive into it, you know? <laughs> and I, I agree. So the my favorite work thing is when you get right back to work, you have a little, you, you know, I, have, I had a pile of work to get back into, but I hadn't been accruing the projects over the past three weeks. <laughs> so it's actually, there's a little bit of a lull while you're getting back in because I knocked the emails out, 1,200 emails. Oh my God. So I just went, went through those emails, you know, uh, a thousand of them I didn't even need to look at. They're basically just FYI. What does that tell you about your job? <laughs> right? Well, that, that's, what, that's what tells me about what the use of emails. They're kind of just busy work, you know? 
<laughs> well, you wait long enough, they all resolve themselves. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then we got together. And I guess so. Then we had a typical summer where Audrey's water poloing. And then uh, Bryce was in soccer camps and volleyball camps. So he did that every week and, and scheduled him out. And he's a freshman this year, right? He's a entering freshman. He had his orientation today. It looks like he's on the volleyball team, okay. which would be great. Um, he might be he might be in volleyball class. That's cool. We don't know how that the the schedule works, but either way, he's going to be playing volleyball um, and, and at least showing showing what he's got in there. And so he was he said the, pa- the past week he's been stuffing some of the some of the uh, coaches. So he, he loves that. <laughs> he loves it when, when they go up and he can he can stuff their spikes, you know. Yeah, very cool, man. So um, before I jump in, any last other, uh, you know, any other trips you guys did or any other stories you want to talk about or anything like that? Or what do you got? No, I think that's that's about it. Oh, well, so just a, a precursor. The weekend we went to San Francisco where we're where we'll we'll end up um, right before we met up with you guys. We had a great uh, meal at Miller and Lux. Uh, I think we've told you about this Miller and Lux. It's in Oh yeah, you it's talked in Chase, about that. the Chase Center in San Francisco. But it is the food was amazing. Food's amazing. Uh Tyler Florence was at the table, you know. <laughs> he was he was complimenting me on my watch, you know. He has like a I think he has like a black dial Rolex just date. Um and it it's phenomenal. And what's your watch? My I have that tag, the tag uh, Octavia. I'll I'll send you a picture of it, but yeah. Okay. It's, it's uh it's pretty, pretty. Well, you have a picture of your watch on your Apple watch. That's right. That's right. That's what I, I love how this guy is like a watch on each wrist. I mean, it's like, what is going on? Here? Well, once for once for fashion and once to monitor my my running and walking and all that stuff. Um, and that was just a it was such a phenomenal meal. It was probably the best meal of my life. So just <laughs> kind of amazing. Oh, I couldn't imagine. So how about you? Getting back to, you know, I'll start back where we started with you. I mean, we went to that L.A. dead show and that again, what, like I said, was May 19th. And then we didn't really do a whole lot because we had to finish out the month of May with school and work and school ended. I want to say it was like June 8th. And I work a couple of weeks after the the teachers are done and well, teachers and students are done. So I finished work on Friday and uh, the I don't have a calendar in front of me, but it was like end of June. It was end of June. I finished on Friday. OK, we left that Sunday for I think it was like June 28th. We left for our trip up to Whidbey Island, you know, northern Washington. And it was like two days to get there. We left Sunday. We got there Monday. You know, we had an overnight in southern-ish Oregon. And then Tuesday, me and Clarissa hit the road for a trip. My in-laws drove us, and they have their former neighbors live on Whidbey Island, and they moved, I don't know, 20, well, whatever, 15, 17 years ago or something. They moved up there. And so they spent 10 days there through the 4th of July and stuff, and they had the boys with them, you know, as both grandparent babysitters and you know all that kind of stuff and me and clarissa left on our bike our bike tour that following day on that tuesday and 26 days later we roll up here in lompoc wow it was almost 1500 miles it was like 1450 ish you know so whatever round up right like you or round up. i don't care what you do but it was like 1500 miles so we averaged about 55 to 60 miles a day okay all right uh longest days were we had a couple of long days they were like 80 miles and why'd you why why'd you do long days because it's downhill or you because you're just clocking it or you had goals no that's a great question so what you have to do is you have to like we're staying in campgrounds state state parks and they have these hiker biker camps it's like five bucks a night you know whatever it's really cheap to stay but it's not like they're spaced out like oh every 40 miles is a campground (laughs) No, I mean, it's like 65 miles to the next one or 55 or 74 or whatever it is, you know? Right. Along with that, we have 
a time frame we need to meet. And it might be like it's too far to get to one because like it's a 70 mile day. But to add another 25 miles. Right. Puts you at 95 miles. But the one before that is like 40 miles early. But that would put us like at a 30 mile day. And it's like, <laughs> well, that's kind of weird. Right. Like it's it's a weird in between. So, it, it, you know, you have to hit these markers as you go because right. that's where the campgrounds are. You know what I mean? And, and how you got, and did you guys have like, were you guys feeling good the whole time or were there times where you're like, you know, early on you need to stop because you haven't, you know, hit your, your sweet spot of like roads in. Dude, I was sore the whole fucking time. <laughs> I mean, so is Clarissa. No, it's funny though. It's like you get up in the morning and we're breaking camp and it's like, oh my, like, you know, you break, you wake up. Dude, I never slept so good in my life, by the way. <laughs> oh my God. I slept amazing. But you wake up in the morning and you're like, I can't move my legs. They're so stiff. You break camp, you start pedaling and like literally a minute into pedaling, you're like, oh, I could do this. Yeah. My, 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 I can do this all day. <laughs> yeah, my legs are working and you can, you could do it all day. But when you stop, that starting is like just horrific, you know? So you'd stop for lunch and you're like, oh my God, I don't want to go again. Uh-huh. And every morning we called it Good Morning Hill. So it's like every day you start, it doesn't matter what the campground is. The first thing you do is climb a hill, you know? <laughs> And we got to the point where we're like, good morning, Hill, you know, like, <laughs> so yeah, there's always a hill to start. But yeah, so we would start pedaling for the day again. Our legs would work and we would have to get to the next designated campground, whatever, 48 miles, 57 miles, whatever it was, didn't matter. That's like the distance you had to go. And, you know, you want to see stuff. You want to do stuff, lighthouses or museums or whatever you want to do. And it's like, okay, we've been here long enough. Like, we still have to cover distance, you know? And, <laughs> and there's some, you know, there's something to that where it's like, you're kind of doing it to ride a bike. But at the same time, it's like, got to cover the distance, you know? And, right. And we didn't have the luxury of time because we had to get back to work and such. We didn't have the luxury of time of saying like, wow, this place is cool. Let's stay here a few days. Right. Had I been retired or if we were retired or something or didn't have to get to work, I'd be like, dude, this place is cool. Let's stay here a few days, you know, and um, a couple of fun stories, though. So Paul Slide is in Big Sur. Well, it's closed. So we left Monterey and as we, we had breakfast in Carmel and then you start heading south down the one through Big Sur and there are signs that say no detour. Turn around now. Right. Well, we followed these groups on Reddit, and, <laughs> you know, Facebook groups and things. And it's like you kind of get there around six and you wait for the workers to leave. You go through this slide area and it was a pretty gnarly crossing. I mean, a few. It's about a mile, mile and a half crossing. The main part of it is... I don't know, a couple hundred yards. And yeah. it's all this pulverized granite from all the heavy equipment. So it's like moon dust, you know, and, and you get out to the edge and all of a sudden it's like this straight down hill down to where the the road is. And we're kind of walking down. Our bodies are like at a 45 degree angle Ugh. and we're riding Ugh. the brakes on our bikes and everything. <laughs> and we're trying to walk our bikes down. So we get to the bottom and then we get to we get across and we get back on the road. Well, the roads all closed and the roads closed so like wow all the animals are out and we're riding our bikes and there's <laughs> deer and bobcat and rabbits and like all kind you know hawks and owls and all kinds it's of post-apocalyptic road road <laughs> you're, you're you're ahead of me <laughs> sorry <laughs> So we're riding and I said to Clarissa, I said, you know, and deer are out there. I'm like, Clarissa, <laughs> this is what the apocalypse is going to be like, <laughs> you know, and it was so quiet and so peaceful. It was it was crazy how how it was unsettling and uncanny how how it was because right and nature nature just takes over you know when you it takes when over you give it the space it just take it just reclaims yes it was reclaims so insane space <laughs> so we're going down the one this is pre-slide we're going down the one we know that we have to get across we know we're gonna wait for the workers we have food on us and the food we have is like junk food stuff you know it's like cereal bars and just stuff we can carry with us you right. know Protein, protein bars, cereal bars, gel packs. <laughs> 
Exactly right. Just to give us energy, to get us to camp, to get us to the next morning, to get us somewhere to breakfast the following day. That's what we have. Pure fuel. <laughs> exactly. We're garbage cans. We're just eating everything. But so we're riding and we see this sign 1500 feet. It's like when a, it's an orange construction sign 1500 feet to the uh, road closed 500 or 1000 feet road closed 500 feet road closed. We turn the corner and sure enough, man, there's a taco truck. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like. What the? I'm like, yes, a taco truck, and it and it's road closed tacos. No, but what people would do is people on the north end, people would drive all the way to the end Ugh. and then turn around and drive all the way back. It's like fifty some miles, fifty five, sixty miles, like by car, and they would drive all the way back. So they do like whatever, 125 miles, or you know, and people would just get a burrito or whatever at this taco truck. So we get there, we're like, oh my god. This is amazing. So we got big ass burritos, <laughs> ate those, waited for the workers to leave crossed. We go down the road. Five miles later is the campground. Well, they don't have any potable water because with all the slides and stuff, all their plumbing's jacked. Right. So we're like, yeah. oh, man, this is two nights before we're, we're to be home. I'm like, oh, man, no water. We can't shower. None of that stuff. So we get in our sleeping bags. And I remember just going to sleep. It was freezing out. You know, I'm like, oh, my God, it's so sticky. You know, it's like sweat, road grime, sunblock, you know, you name it. And we got up the next morning. You know, we do our thing. You know, we get to Morro Bay. We get a hotel. And nice. then we ride in from Morro Bay to get home. But yeah, we did a hotel four nights. We camped 22 nights. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, no. First week, our, the rain fly in our tent starts crumbling and falling apart. Oh, no. So we get to this... It never rained on us, but we get to this campground in Washington and it's so heavy in dew and fog and everything that about two in the morning I'm laying there and there's a hole in the fly <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like right on my forehead, uh. <laughs> a cold drop of water. Whoop. And I'm just like, oh, my God, it woke me up. Right. It was so cold. It was, it was like ice. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So now I'm up. I'm out of the tent. It's wet as all get out. I'm looking for our rain jackets that are buried in our panniers on our bikes. I'm throwing rain jackets over the holes in the in the, <laughs> in the fly, trying to, like, tie those down so they don't blow away or whatever, you know? Yeah. Two, like I said, it's two in the morning. It's pitch black out. And, of course, it hit you in the face. So you're, like, wide awake. Could have hit you anywhere. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm, like, right on the forehead, you know? And, and so the next day, I'm like, we need a new tent. And uh, so it took us all the way to, like, Coos Bay, Oregon to find a place that sold a tent. Nice. So we went a whole other week without a new tent that were and we're like strategically before bed, strategically placing rain jackets and, and rain gear. over these things. It was and it's probably the wettest, the wettest part of your trip, too. <laughs> it absolutely was yeah so it was it, like i said it never rained thankfully but the yeah the the dew was so heavy man we were just packed right i mean the whole way down the coast every night you're packing a wet tent yeah and then the next and then when you get to the next camp you set it up so it dries out you know and even when we were like around santa cruz and and all that stuff but yeah we crossed the astoria bridge that's over the mouth of the columbia river oh Awesome. Uh, we crossed that on our anniversary. Yeah, I mean, that's a three-mile bridge. Wow. You know, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. But overall, you know, I mean, what we would do is we would wake up in the morning. We would leave camp, ride to the next town, and then get breakfast at, like, a diner. Uh-huh. So there were a few mornings where we'd leave, and there was, like, I looked at the map. I said, okay, next town is five miles or eight miles or whatever. We get to that town. It's a four way intersection no buildings no <laughs> there's nothing there i'm like you lied to me this is not a town <laughs> why is this even on the map you know so then we're like okay well 
the next town is like 23 miles not from where we were but from where we started yeah right so the whole like from where we started to breakfast is 23 miles and we have like cliff bars and stuff whatever right so like we have enough energy to get us there but we still want breakfast and coffee so we get to this town there's nothing in this town but a shell station and we're like you know screw it we go in we're like ah we'll just get gatorades and yeah. some donuts and stuff and that's the day we walk in man five star restaurant in the back corner of the shell station serving like <laughs> the most amazing breakfast burritos awesome. you could ever imagine you know it's seafood and oysters on the half shell and like <laughs> and i'm like wait what this is a shell gas station with like oysters on the half shell and stuff and like everything right, right. around there sells oysters you know but it was so amazing that like we're like oh we're it's just a gas station <laughs> It's like a five star restaurant, you know. It's amazing. Hiding, hiding a amazing restaurant, <laughs> and like the townies are in there eating, and they're getting you know their coffee, and like that's the place to go, you know. And it was it was pretty cool. But um, we had multiple days though where it was like, all right, we have twenty miles wow. until breakfast. Like, <laughs> suck it up, I got a banana. Yeah, so we did that, and then we're in Big Sur, and sometimes you're a captive audience, like $7 for a drip coffee. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, it's like, you know, and you're just getting, and there's nothing else around, so it's like that or nothing, because it's like, if you're in yeah. a car, you could just be like, screw it. Right. We'll be somewhere in an hour. But for us, it's like, yeah, screw it. That same distance is four hours. Four hours, five. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you get the $7 drip coffee. And the guy's like, yeah, free refills. <laughs> Dude, I was so amped on caffeine to get my money's worth. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, but no, it was a great trip. So then uh, we get to, you know, we go through um, Marin County. You know, we go through Washington. We go through Oregon. Scenery is beautiful. We meet all kinds of cool people. We met Charles and Tony at uh, Elk Prairie Campground, and they were a couple of dudes. Uh, we rolled in, and Charles is the kind of guy that talks to everybody, no matter who it is. Man, woman, doesn't matter. He's just a friendly dude. Right. So we, we, we meet them at Elk Prairie. And they were so cool. We spent the next week with them until they rode home. You know, campground to campground. We just hung out all week. They were a ton of fun. And then we got to uh, af after they left back towards Berkeley, where they were uh, staying or where they live or whatever. Yeah. Berkeley, Oakland area. We went into San Francisco and got a hotel. Right. Not too far from Oracle Park. And then that's uh -huh. where we met you and Gina at the last dead show. Right. Right. So we went to the first dead show at the forum in Inglewood and we went to the last dead show <laughs> at Oracle Park. And SF, and that was amazing. You had more fun than we had. <laughs> So you guys were in the middle of your, your ride and you guys are like pacing yourselves and like we have to get on bikes tomorrow. You know what I mean? We have to we have to keep going like pacing ourselves with regard to alcohol. Exactly. And drugs. Exactly. <laughs> and and, uh, right. and I'm just like, oh, the the kids and the and the wife are on their way to L.A. and I am free and I'm clear. I'm a bachelor at a dead show. <laughs> But before that, before we talk about that, let me just tell you that when I had like off chance mentioned like, oh, we should go to the last dead show. I kind of just like said it very nonchalantly, not with not with a lot of planning. And while we're in Morocco, we're literally <laughs> in the, you know, right in the in the middle of the desert, middle of Sahara. Right. And you and Gina had and, and Clarissa had had gotten a bug, like a serious bug about booking this thing. <laughs> and I, of course, I'm like halfway around the world. So the time zones are all messed up and you guys are going back. And I'm like, I'm coming into 27, 47 text messages between the three of you guys trying to sort this out. When you when you would hit like uh, a network, when I hit a network or when we get to the hotel, we get to the Riyadh and we right, right, right open right. up my phone. And it's like, ding, ding, ding. You know, it starts dinging. And like we were getting ready to go ATVing on the dunes. 
And and I think between you and Gina, we're like, well, we need Ted to decide whether he's going to go or not. And he's not answering us. And I'm like, so I basically have Anne in the bedroom. And I was just like, Anne, everybody needs to know whether I can do this or not. We need to figure this out, sort it out, figure it out if I can do this, if it's feasible and just either shit or get off the pot. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So it was great. She was like, just do it. It's you. You love this stuff. Just just book it. So I gave you the thumbs up and you, and you booked it. <laughs> yeah. And what I love though, is you guys at the, at the first show, you guys are like, we should, you know, like, you know how it is. Cause like you're in the moment and all that stuff. And you're like, we got to go to the last one. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're all like, you know, woohooing, you know, and like, right, yeah, right. let's do it. You know? <laughs> and then you know how it is the next morning you wake up and you got a headache and you're like, <laughs> What was I thinking? <laughs> well, that wasn't me. I get home and I'm like, yeah, what are the... And I'm like, dude, we can't do it. We're going to be on our bike tour. And then I just thought, okay, what are the dates? Right. So I looked it up and the date we rolled through San Francisco was the exact date of the last show of the last tour. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, Clarissa, it's the last show of the last tour. Let's do it. <laughs> And she said, yeah, let's do it. Then I texted you guys. I'm like, let's do it. And then I'm back like, woohoo again, you know? Yeah. And then right. you guys are like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then we get it booked. And yeah, exactly. And you're just like, I don't know. I'm here in Morocco. I'm trying to figure it out. Hang tight. And we're waiting. Hours are going by. I'm like, what the fuck's Ted doing? Right, right. And it's like noon, right, in L.A. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's probably sleeping. <laughs> Well, you that know, was it, right? Like, yeah, I went to bed that one night, and I'm like, we got to give them an answer. And then I'm pa and I passed out, and then the next morning we're waking up, and you got to get on the ATVs by like 10 a.m. or else it's like too hot, you know, if, you, if you're on the ATVs past one. Right, right, right. Uh, so we're getting ready to do that, and I'm like, come on, let's just give them an answer, <laughs> you know. So, so I cornered, cornered Anne, and she and she she gave in. She was very nice. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. We weren't uh, we weren't very uh, <laughs> sensitive to your your time zone. Uh... Well, I wasn't very sensitive to your uh, your your uh, Utah. Air. Oh, the Utah. Oh, yeah, man. So we we do the show, and the last dead show was awesome. I mean, we had a great, amazing. The drone art in the sky was awesome, and yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal. It was it was incredible. Um, yeah, no, and and John John Mayer was great. And, yeah, I mean the whole thing. It was just an awesome show. The best best Franklin Tower, amazing. Love my love my Franklin Tower. <laughs> oh my god dude i was our, our I was buddy alan our buddy alan our, our uh, seatmate. oh i was gonna ask how alan's doing you know like i love the video <laughs> we got it no you know that's our trailer for tonight it's it's alan yeah <laughs> me and alan just grooving next to each other <laughs> yeah that guy was strumming his belly all night man it was it was incredible but yeah so we get back to the hotel and ted's like not treating my bathroom kindly because you know he's like heaving and stuff and <laughs> well here so i i will say that i was overserved, <laughs> and I, I will accept responsibility but i will not accept all responsibility because i walked up to you know in the middle of the show i walked up to the to the to the bar or whatever the the beer place and i saw like a cooler behind her and you know typically when you go to you know uh baseball games football games they give you the open the open cups right you got open cups so i've open cups you can't you can't carry a lot of open cups so basically you're stuck to two maybe three if you're talented and you just drink one and you're got you got your two yeah you sip them all but down halfway you sip and them down and you spill half of it on your way back to the seat well, I saw these tall boys in the in a cooler behind her, you know, and I got excited because I'm already six beers in, you know, and I'm like, how many beers will you can you can you sell me? And the lady, this lady was so awesome. She goes, if you stop yelling, I will give you as many beers as you'd like. <laughs> well, let me stop you there for a second. So you come back and you hand me four beers. <laughs> And I had two on the way. I got six beers that time. Yeah, I'm like, what am I going to do with this? And you're like, drink them. I'm like, dude, I already had a full beer in hand. I'm like, I'm not going to yeah, drink. Yeah. Like, and they're like the big one. They're bigger than the 60. They're like 20 ounce cans. So you're, I, I just start stuffing them in your shirt bag. 
<laughs> like to hide them at the bottom of the shirt bag thinking Ted can bring these home. I'm like, right, I don't know right. how they get these on the plane. No, at least at least I had all the shirts that I bought. You know, I didn't I didn't luckily I didn't lose any shirts. Yeah. No, you were bringing back beers. I'm like, what is this guy doing? No one's drinking all this, you know? And <laughs> At like 10 bucks a beer or something, you know, or whatever they were. Oh, it was more than that. I think it was 18 bucks a beer. <laughs> Maybe it was. Yeah, it was insane how expensive they were. But good time. Good time was had. Good time was had. Oh, yeah. No, it was amazing. Just just a, just a, one, one note to you. If I do if I do sit down and take a nap. OK, pl- just don't text my wife. Ted's out cold. OK, that <laughs> I, had to, I had to explain that. And I don't even I didn't even know how to explain <laughs> it. But, you know, just keep that between you and me. All right. I, I drank too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's your excuse. OK, good. <laughs> now, so then we left uh, San Francisco the next morning, got breakfast, all this stuff. You know, we were talking about these deadheads in like the burrito joint. Well, we get home and halfway through the trip, we were in, probably somewhere in, in Oregon. While we were in Oregon, through text messaging, we rescued a 10-month-old uh, chocolate lab. Oh, yes. And we get home and we meet this chocolate lab for the first time. Um, we named him Brocco, B-R-O-C-C-O. For what? What does that mean? Well, it's like Stallone. Yo, Brocco. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so yeah, he's he's like it's this Italian chocolate lab that's named Brocco. <laughs> And uh, I don't know what it means. I don't think it means anything. Okay. All right. So the way we got a hold of the name, though, was we were going through like Star Wars names, Wookiee names, Harry Potter names, trying to come up with something that the boys like. Then somebody said, maybe it was Clarissa, her mom, or somebody said something like, what's your favorite dinosaur? And we were trying to stick with the bees because his the person we rescued him from called him Brownie. And a brown dog named Brownie is a bit too on the nose. <laughs> So we wanted to stick with the b right sound because he was kind of used to that. So we're like, well, what's a dinosaur that starts with a B? And we were like, oh, Brachiosaurus. Ah, nice. And then we said, okay, Brocky. And then we were like, Brocky sounds maybe a bit like a female dog. And then I go, well, how about Brocko? Nice. And then the boys and Clarissa simultaneously go, yes, <laughs> Brocko. I'm like, that's his name. Decision. The ev- the evolution of naming the dog. <laughs> exactly. So we named him Brocco and super cool dog, housebroken, mild mannered, friendly, you know, just a super like uh-huh. sweetheart of a dog. When I say rescued, he wasn't abused or anything. We got him from a guy with dementia. Right. And, you know, he just wasn't taking care of him properly, you know, just a little bit of neglect here and there and stuff. And the guy just wasn't capable of. Yeah. Like the dog was never to the vet, you know, and never got his his uh, shots or anything like that, you know, his vaccines. So, yeah. So we got the dog. And and uh, so, yeah, now we uh, are the owners of, well, now an 11 month old uh, chocolate lab. And OK. Yeah, he's super cute, and everybody's loving on him. So maybe I should maybe I should see if Mitch McConnell or Diane Feinstein has a has a dog that I can rescue from from their elderliness. Yeah, from right, exactly. <laughs> see, I was I was I played both sides of the 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 political fence on that one. <laughs> There you go. There you go. All right, man. So we both had awesome, well-traveled summers. Lots of fun. Amazing. Clarissa was a champion on the bike. Every time we hit a long climb, a long steep, steep climb, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, she's probably back there, like, just <laughs> yelling at me. And, you know, she can't handle it. And I turn around and she's right behind me. Did you guys have earbuds? Were you listening to music? Were you doing any of that? No, we were just riding. Just riding and talking to each other. Could you even talk to, could you hear each other? Is it too windy or? Sometimes windy cars, but no, we, you know, I didn't really want to do that just for safety. Um, And there was a few times where she was in front of me and she was way stronger than I I gave her credit for initially. And she's just driving down the road. Like she's just driving the pace. And I'm just like, I'd yell at her. I'm like, slow down. What are you racing for? And she goes, (laughs) oh, I didn't know I was going fast. <laughs> and she was like just motoring and i'm like you're killing me back here those young legs young legs 
<laughs> oh man and i'm like i get like i could keep yeah. up with her and stuff but i'm like clarissa slow it down you're going to be hurting tomorrow you know like right pace yourself <laughs> yeah you know and so we found a scale like a, a state trooper way the truck scale and the scale um building or whatever you want to call it was closed but the scale was on so she rolls over the scale bike gear and herself 150 pounds oh my god <laughs> <laughs> right so I roll over. I'm like, okay, 150 pounds. I roll over the scale, bike gear, and myself, 250 pounds. Oh my god! So that's like not. Wait, you're you're carrying like 80 pounds of gear, right? Because you're you're like buck 75, right? Buck 65. I left at 167. Yeah. And I had the tent, and I had the stoves, and you know. Oh, uh, okay. So you got about 30 pounds extra. Yeah. So I had more gear than she did. Yeah. So I was 250. She was 150. I lost. I, I Dude, I left 167. I got back 156. <laughs> I lost. Damn. I lost 11 pounds, man. <laughs> of, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. How like, and you know, I get home, my pants are falling down and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, yeah, so it, crazy how much weight I lost. But yeah, so I think a lot of it was in, you know, she was able to ride just as hard as I or not as hard, but as fast as I was because she was 100 pounds lighter, you know. And, right, right. And uh, it just, you know, helped her out and stuff. But but yeah, she did great. You know, I was a little worried about would she be able to do it day after day after day? Because her longest ride of her life was about six months prior to that at 62 miles. <laughs> And her longest ride before that might have been 30. So she she uh, never did that kind of riding. And I'm like, oh, my God, she's going to get hammered. Yeah. And we were doing like back to back 80 milers, you know, and stuff. And she was just like a rock star, man. She was just. And, I, you know, I, I couldn't I was trying to figure out if she would enjoy it. But it sounds like she just had a blast. Oh, she had. a Yeah. You know, we're sitting in Morro Bay the night before we're done. That's awesome. And we're already planning the next one. You know, it's like it's like, where are we going to go? We're like, we're flying to Madrid. <laughs> We'll ride across here. We'll get over, you know, we'll go to Sicily and fly out of Palermo and, you know. Oh, and, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. So we're already planning the next one and stuff, you know, and we're like, when are we going to do this? I don't know when the boys are in college. Exactly. Empty nest, empty nest tra tra travels. <laughs> Ann and I were thinking about a bike, a bike trip. I think we were going to do five to 10 miles a day in the south of france i think that's what we're looking at <laughs> either northern italy south of france just you know 10 miles easy <laughs> wine wine to wine cheese to cheese <laughs> no 20 kilometers a day yeah right from this town to that town from that you know and like like i said about the camps they're not e e evenly spaced so you might do a 10 kilometer day you might do a 30 kilometer day you might do a 15 kilometer it doesn't matter they're not evenly spaced you just do what it takes for the day right credit card camp it so what you do is you have your panniers and stuff and what's in your panniers are like you know your clothes your toiletries you know whatever right. and then you don't need a tent you don't need stoves you don't need all that stuff because you're not camping you just go to hotels i mean think about like a 15 kilometer day right like that's like 10 miles roughly so you do 15 kilometers i mean you're on the but everything's closer too right like every all the towns are closer in europe well i don't know if they are it depends on what you're doing you know i mean you're riding from nice to paris that's a long ride you know <laughs> no but what i'm saying though is you do like 15 20 kilometers that's like an hour and a half of riding yeah like that's nothing. It's not like you're doing seven, eight hours in a day and you're just <laughs> destroyed. You know what I mean? That's kind of what we did. We would be out there for like, you know, we'd leave breakfast at like nine, ten in the morning. We show up at camp at eight. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> or you yeah. know, like six to seven at night. But don't get me wrong, we're not riding the entire time. I mean, we spend time at museums or we spend time at lighthouses. You know, we spend time doing things. But I'm saying though, yes, yeah. Like, like we were out all day, though. You know what I mean? Right. 
because you know what camp life is like, you know. But no, it was good though, man. I would encourage you to do it. Just short distance. You don't need to do a lot. Right. And then whether you get bikes here and ship them or get bikes there and leave, whatever you do, it doesn't matter. But like, yeah, if you do like 20K a day, like, dude, that's nothing. Yeah. You know, you, you guys could do that now without even, tr- you don't have to train or anything, you know. It's like you got all day to do it, you know. And <laughs> it's like spreading an hour and a half of riding over like 10 hours 10 hours of your day yeah yeah you know so you ride like a a two kilometers you stop for baguettes (laughs) you ride for two kilometers you have a glass of wine you know it's like see and then and then instead of losing 10 pounds we'll gain 15 (laughs) that's the problem that's the problem yeah awesome all right man so that's our uh, show this week and then next week we'll get back into you know trailers and what we're watching and I, I have a do I have a doozy of a trailer for next week so I'm, I'm excited we're looking forward to it okay I'm I'm looking forward to it too I will I will send I will send it to you after this after I after I send you my cut how'd your beer finish up oh man beer is great um, as it warmed it winds up getting more malty and more piney yeah it's it the mouthfeel gets a little bit heavier though yeah totally I'm not sure how much of a fan of that I am, but overall, though, man, it's very good. Solid Dippa would buy again, and I will be saving my cans so I could uh, display some of my favorites. Yeah, I, I I will say make sure to rinse the cans. Uh, <laughs> I was shaking some of my cans, and I'm like, oh, there's some. I must have dropped the little tab in there or something. Chunks. But no, uh, I, they turn into like roach motels because of the sugars in there that <laughs> roaches like to crawl in there, and they can't necessarily crawl out so uh i was i was that is disgusting i was washing out some of those so rinse your cans as if we're gonna save them like this and and i will uh and i will definitely collect them yeah so we'll get back to uh our standard shows and stuff next week uh moving forward and uh, yeah look, looking forward to it and it looks like episode 226 is in the can awesome thanks a lot man all right ted good seeing you and uh glad all you had all safe travels and everything yes thank you all right bye next week join jim and ted as they disarm another hollywood bomb or marketing masterpiece remember the holy trinity of podcasting subscribe like share Special thanks to Jeremy Kent Jackson for the voiceover and Rogelio for the music.